Blog Talk Radio. Facebook. The phone number is 210 573 6335. 
I'm your host, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform that focuses on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm personally in Christian recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish, of course. And there's also an online resource, uh, www.biblia.com. Dot com or any other online Bible that you wish to use. Um, I personally, I've had many spiritual experiences, and in gratitude, I've set aside a little time Sunday morning to focus on Bible readings and um, a little bit of discussion on the, uh, from a book that I'm writing, and um, also just focusing on being our real selves, relaxing and carrying you know the message giving to us. Calling number this morning uh, 619-924-9744. And Sacred Sundays airs every Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. For opening prayer, let's say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you all for joining us this morning. And we have a little prayer that's going to be going out to all the Christians worldwide. Um, There's so much stuff going on right now in this world. Let's just all pray together for... Resolution, and we pray that all Christians that are being persecuted, anybody being persecuted from their uh, for their faith, and their lives are in jeopardy. And we ask, please, God, send your mighty angel, Archangel Michael, to fight against evil for everyone and protect them, and all your angels to watch over everybody. Our prayers go out to all of those suffering in the world, including the animals that can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and our leaders, and the rest of our policymakers, that they make. Uh, better decisions on our behalf and that our leadership has been appointed by God and we need to pray for them and they all need our prayers worldwide for uh, proper leadership. Uh, I know the angels are working overtime to help us and protect us and guide us upon our way and we just ask that we uh, keep everybody in mind whether they're, they're sick or lonely or in financial distress or whatever your circumstances it may be, and know that your Heavenly Father loves you and Jesus loves you. And just ask in Jesus' name, amen. We have many, many birthdays today, including my own. Today is my birthday, and uh, I, I'm really having a great birthday. Uh, it's my I was thinking this is my 62nd year on this planet, and all of a sudden it sounded like a long time. But um, I wish to have many more, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in and sharing it with us. And this, let us see, we have lots of birthdays. Tim Beckley, happy birthday. Terry Cutloff, uh, we've been, we're just, uh, we didn't know we were birthday twins. Uh, we talked back and forth on Facebook, but now we find out we're birthday twins. So, again, happy birthday, Terry Cutloff. Mary Sutherland, happy birthday, my dear, and... Lufkin, paranormal investigatorist, uh, happy birthday, Mr. Lufkin, and JT Gateway, uh, the Hawaiian hauntings people, happy birthday over there, Mary Byler, happy birthday, Mary, Sasha Brown, Jimmy Morris, 
Kristen Jorgensen, and uh, last but not least, Kimberly McCall. I want to wish everybody a happy and very, very blessed birthday, that all your special wishes come true. And uh, it's, it's been a fun day already, and actually I'm in Southern California, and it's absolutely beautiful here, a perfect day. And I want to thank God uh, for my birthday and that I'm still here to enjoy it, you know. Not that I'm scared to go to the next world, but, you know, for now I'm here. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, what we were, last week we actually read the last chapter in the Gospels, which is, was John chapter 21. And uh, it was talking about Jesus actually resurrected and came back and had many uh, wonderful messages to to uh, leave for us. And he actually left us the Holy Spirit so that we're never alone and that in dire need, if we reach out, the Holy Spirit will be there for us. And now this week, I'm excited to be starting Acts. Now, I read Acts before, and, but this is the first time I'm going to go through it slowly, chapter by chapter, with you. And uh, Acts, to me, is like a working chapter. There's just a lot going on. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit about the authorship. And again, I'm reading out the Ryrie Study Bible. And um, the author of uh, Acts is Luke. And the date is 61, year 61, authorship. That the author of Acts was a companion of Paul is clear from the passages of the book in which we or us is used and is showing all the passages. This this section, these sections themselves eliminate known companions of Paul other than Luke, and Colossians and Philomena point affirmatively to Luke, who was a physician. In the Greek Orthodox tra- tradition, he was also an icon painter. Uh, he's, uh, the frequent use of medical terms also substantiates this conclusion. Luke answered the Macedonian call with Paul and was in charge of the work at Philippi for six years and later was with Paul in Rome during the time where Paul's house arrest. It was probably during this last period that the book was written. If it were written later, it would be very difficult to explain the absence of mentioning such momentous events as the burning of Rome and the martyrdom of Paul or the destruction of Jerusalem. And now the notes saying the importance of the book. Acts gives us a record of the spread of Christianity from the coming of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost to Paul's arrival in Rome to preach the gospel in the world's capital. In this regard, then, is the record of the continuation of those things that Jesus began while on earth, and that he continued as the risen head of the church and the one who sent the Holy Spirit. This book is sometimes called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Thirty years covered by the book were important years of transition. The gospel was preached not first only to the Jews, and the early church was composed largely of Jewish believers. As more and more Gentiles were included, the church became distinct from Judaism. Doctrines that later developed in the epistles appear in seed form in Acts. And then they go on to uh, note all the passages. However, the book emphasizes the practice of doctrine more than the statement of doctrine. Acts furnishes principles for missionary work, and the book also reveals patterns for church life. And archaeology archaeological discoveries confirm in a remarkable way the historical accuracy of Luke's writing. And then the contents, uh, we'll go on and talk about the contents a little bit. The first 12 chapters of the book and port figures are Peter, Stephen, Philip, Barnabas, and James. And then chapter 13 to the end, the dominant person is Paul. The book may also be divided according to geographical divisions mentioned in the Great Commission. 
So then they have a whole outline and everything else. You can read that in your your own Bible. So let's start with Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Christianity in Jerusalem, the risen Lord. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven and after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So that just gives me the chills. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, that is, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. At this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, gathering about 120 persons, was there together and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who came, became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he has counted among us and received his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the price of, a, with the price of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his intestines gushed out. And it became known to all those who were living in Jerusalem so that their own language of the field was called Hakodama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his homestead be made desolate, and let no one dwell in it. Let another man take his office. Therefore it is necessary of the men who have accomplished, accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning with the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us. One of these must become a witness with us in his resurrection. So they put forward two men, Joseph called Basabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all men, show which one of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry 
and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they drew lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias. And he was added to the eleven apostles. Pentecost, the birthday of the church. When the day of the Pentecost had come, the Okay, let's do that next week, because that's gone, too. I was getting so excited, I was going to keep going. Anyway, so let's go back to our notes about what just happened. The first account, the Gospel of Luke. Theosis means dear to God or friend of God. He is probably a Roman official, since the title, Most Excellent, indicates the official position. Forty days, the only reference to the length of Christ's ministry on earth between his resurrection and ascension. That's why I was noting it, too. So when I was reading, I was thinking, yes, he was here 40 days after he passed and resurrected before his ascension, baptized in the Holy Spirit. This promise was first fulfilled on the day of the Pentecost and affects every believer by joining him to the body of Christ. And the mention of the coming of the Spirit made them think the kingdom was too was about to be established. Hence the question in verse 6. Remember the question in verse 6, and they had come together, they were asking, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? But they were asking things ahead of time. Anyway, and then uh, one said, there was no rebuke in Christ's answer, for God is not through with Israel, and the kingdom will eventually come. And in the meantime, the gospel must be preached throughout the whole world. Instead of concerning themselves with the time of the coming kingdom, the disciples were instructed to witness to the remotest part of the earth a reference to Rome and the center of civilization at that time. Acts ends with the gospel reaching Rome. And then uh, in the just the same way, in the second coming of Christ, like the ascension, will be personal and visible and to the, and to the Mount of Olives. So we're all going to see it when he comes. That's what my belief is. And the, on the Sabbath day journey is about 2,000 cubits or a little more than a half mile. The distance the rabbis allowed Jews to journey on the Sabbath. This limitation was apparently arrived on the basis of of uh, Exodus and some other uh, book and uh, numbers. Okay, so then the rest of the notes are Simon the Zealot, not Iscariot, the betrayer, but Thaddeus. And then the other note is, Peter had made a full recovery of confidence and authority from the night of his denial. It was now fulfilling Matthew 16, 19. Remember, actually, Peter was forgiven by Jesus, you know, in the last chapter. Because remember that uh, Jesus said to him, do you love me? And Peter answered yes three times. And that kind of fulfilled the denial of the three times uh, that Peter did, so uh, Peter's back and he's okay. Um, and then 118, I was kind of confused when I uh, was reading that, but it was about the, the man that was burst open in the middle. It was probably due to Judas's ineptness in trying to hang himself, so I guess the horrible thing happened is that Judas, was, Judas Iscariot was trying to hang himself and um, instead, you know, uh, he fell and uh, hurt himself and uh, killed himself with his guts gushing out in the field of, uh, field of blood. So that's pretty horrible. Anyway, uh, so the two names were written on the stones and placed in an urn. The one that fell out first was taken to be the Lord's choice. 
On this occasion was unique, unique for the Lord was not there in person to appoint, and the Spirit had not been given in a special way to to the Pentecost yet to them. So anyway, so that's the reading for today, and then we'll go on to, excuse me, and then we'll go on to uh, Acts 2 next week. So let me see, I have a few things written down here. Um, I am going to read you a story about, I was going to see, excuse me for one moment, my, okay, I'm going to read you a story, and this is kind of, I had a series of dreams, and this is about these dreams, and um, I actually love these dreams because I actually feel like I'm there, and I just call these my Scottish dreams. The first dream takes place a long time ago in the Middle Ages. I was sitting next to a young St. Augustine monk. We were in a monastery, the vast darkness lit by hundreds of glowing candles, and I could smell the incense and smoke from the candles. I was looking over the shoulder of the monk. He was undisturbed, surprisingly, by my presence. He did turn around and look at me, but then he turned the book that he had been writing in towards me slightly so I could see it. It was on a tall wooden pedestal and we were sitting in some kind of tall wooden booth. I looked down at the book and saw ornate designs running down both sides of the borders. The designs were colorful and gold gilt. I could not read the text, but I could see the title at the top. It said Kells. On a hunch, I began to research the word Kells. I could not find Kells anywhere. I looked on all my dictionaries and I could not find the word. I looked up in my I looked it up in my desk encyclopedia with no luck. I looked in all my book of saints and religious art and I could not find it there either. Finally I found it in Webster's Family Encyclopedia, Volume two, nineteen ninety five edition, Kells, a monastery that was founded in sixth century AD by Saint Columba, which is the book of Kells. An eighth century illuminated manuscript of the Gospels is reputed to have been written well, I know God wanted me to be there in that dream, but why, I did not yet know. But I had another dream that told me a little more about the mystery. I was walking on a cobblestone pathway leading up to a small cottage made of smooth, round stones and mortar. I was on the stone threshold, its roof supported by thick wood beams set in the waist-high stone walls. I, was pulled, I pulled the, the iron latch and opened the heavy wood door. It was fairly dark inside, made cozy by the fire burning in the hearth. On the sturdy stool in the middle of the room was my grandfather. I recognized him immediately, although he had died seven years before my father met my mother. He was a handsome man and extremely strong. He had a small cap on his head with a leather brim. Underneath the cap boy hair, he had, a rough, he had on rough gray pants held up by leather suspenders. He had on a white shirt, opened at the neck, and the sleeves rolled up over his strong arms. He was smoking a pipe and smiling, and he said, Hello, my granddaughter, in the soft Scottish brogue. I said, Hello, and then started crying. I told him I missed him and that I was lonely. I told him about my heartaches. He called me into his arms and began to rock me. I turned into a little baby, and he began to sing to me and Gaelic lullabies, beautiful lullabies. I was comforted and soothed by his strong, clear voice, listening to him as I fell asleep while being rocked in front of the warm hearth fire. 
I related the second dream to my cousin that was living with her mother in another state. She told her mother about the dream, and my aunt tried to brush it off. How could I dream about a man, her father, who had long since died? My cousin persisted and told her he was singing lullabies in Celtic and Gaelic. Then that stopped her. Her mouth dropped open. Oh, my God, she exclaimed. He did sing, but only lullabies and only in Gaelic. My grandfather was born in Nova Scotia. He moved to Massachusetts and worked as an iceman during the Depression. He and my grandmother had eight children to feed, and he kept busy bringing ice to the homes that did not have electric refrigeration in those days. Some were unable to pay cash until they bartered with what they had. His family luckily never went hungry. I believe God wanted me to meet my grandfather and vice versa. A piece of the puzzle that had been missing in my heart all those years had been fulfilled. I don't have all the answers for what happens to us after we die, but I do know my grandfather loves me from wherever he is. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. John 6:47. I hope you love that story because I do, and I can just see it. I had uh, uh, other dreams related to that same story and, and different little bit different scenario. So um, I'm going to read one more, and, uh, and that will be our service this morning. You know, this is the, the dream. The, this is not a dream. This is something that happened to me uh, that taught me a lesson about letting go and letting God. And uh, this could have been a disaster, but uh, let me read you a story. We were camping in the Kern River in Kern County, California on a hot August weekend over 20 years ago. A group of us went together, all of us, and our gear in the back of a beat-up van. We found a good campsite and set up camp only a few feet from the water's edge. As the night fell, we made a campfire on which we cooked our dinner and later sat around roasting marshmallows. All of us loved to sing, and one of the friends played a guitar, and we all sang along. The next hot afternoon, I decided to take a swim alone. I walked a few minutes along the riverbank, following it upstream so that I could swim back downstream to our campsite. I dived in, shocked by the initial coldness of the water. In these mountains, the water fluctuated from cold to freezing and began a leisurely swim down the river. I stopped once in a while to observe the plants and wildlife around me, and then I'd swim on. The Kern River is a dangerous place to swim with the reputation for looking near calm on the surface and having dangerous currents underneath. I blame what happened next on drinking the night before. I slid over a small waterfall and was forcefully sucked down deep into a whirlpool. The current was so strong, no matter how hard I tried, I could not swim back up to the surface. I remember seeing the sides of the rock and the boulders worn into a large, smooth tunnel by the steady force. It's more like a funnel with the steady force of the crisp, cold water. I could see the sunlight from above shining down through the clear water, its dappling light reflecting off the smooth-layered sunset coloring on the walls of the funnel. I was being pulled down into that funnel to my death. Down below was dark, and I couldn't see the bottom. My life flowed before me, and I was not ready to die. I prayed to God to forgive me for getting myself into this mess, and please get me out of it. A quietness came over me and I stopped struggling because I was fighting and trying to swim with all my might, but I just kept swirling me around. 
The water spun around me a few more times as I was struck with terror. And I, I remember when I was going spinning around and spinning around, every now and then after my prayer, I started seeing how beautiful the light was reflecting off the walls of the funnel. And every, every time I spun around, I look at it again. Oh, look, there's more color. Look at those beautiful uh, dapple of sunlight. And those, it was just beautiful. And I finally, a quietness came over me, and I stopped struggling. The water spun around me, a few, me around a few more times. My limbs were thrown around like rag dolls. Then abruptly, it spit me out. I swam back up to the quiet surface, grasping for breath, thanking God. I swam for sure. This is a hard lesson in letting go. It was also a lesson teaching me about my former foolhardiness, the dangers of the life I once led. I thought it was fun. All that fun almost killed me. God was good enough to take pity on me, and I'm grateful for that. There are two people who did drown that weekend, and I don't know who they were or the circumstances of their deaths, but I do know none of us were prepared for that treacherous river. We don't know what is going to happen to us next. We can't predict the future, but we can be careful. Don't drink and swim. Don't swim alone. Relying on our own power, our own strength, our own bright ideas will fail eventually. Praying before we enter in, letting God lead the way, never fails. There was a saying around AA that said simply, let go and let God. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we, sh- we shall live and also do this or that. That's James 4.15. So I want to thank you very much for being with me this morning. And I appreciate, you know, all my listeners. And I want to let you know that you can call anytime and do a special prayer request or you can write me. And um, also... My address is Shar McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. If you want to write me a note or you have any special requests, I really uh, would would love to appreciate it and pray for you and everything. So uh, we're, our closing tra- traditional prayer is the serenity prayer. So after a moment of silent meditation for those out there that are still suffering, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So thank you very much for joining Sacred Sunday. Please come back next week, and we're very happy to see you. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. God loves you, loves you more and more than you could ever realize. And may true love live in your heart. Bye-bye, my friends, and happy trails to you. God bless you in every way. Prosperity, you can't bless you with health, bless you with the ability to cope with it, and recovery. God bless you, love you. Bye-bye.
Okay. 